G'day sports fans. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. Sitting down once again with JLo after a fair stint off the airwaves. It's felt weird not recording a podcast, but I'm back. Triumphant return to discuss week one of the AFL finals and look ahead to the second weekend. Pretty interesting matchups, if you ask me. Two, I think, clear favourites, but wouldn't rule out a Brisbane or a Fremantle victory. So Jake and I talk through what we think is going to happen this weekend. A couple of other footy things, talking about West Coast's current list. Did a bit of basketball stuff as well. This is the first podcast that I've addressed the Donovan Mitchell trade as well. So as a Cavaliers fan, pretty happy, pretty stoked to have Donovan Mitchell on our roster. The next couple of years will be very interesting to see what pieces they put around it, but definitely stock up in Cleveland if you ask me. The NFL season is just around the corner as well, so JLo and I have completed our NFL fantasy draft, so I think each week we're just going to give a little bit of a recap of the week before and preview what lineup changes we may be making. Not a ton of NFL coverage on the weekly JLo sit-down, but I will be talking plenty of American football and the other pods and bits and pieces as well. So another huge podcast coming at you. Let's dive right into it. It feels like it has been forever since we've sat down and talked a bit of sport. Uh, it has been a fairly lengthy period of time. How are you doing, JLo, on uh, the 7th of September? I'm good, mate. I'm very good. Gearing up for a grand final for myself. Gearing up for <laughs> Doppers uh, semi-final. Yeah, it's all. It's a, it's a good time of year. It's a good time of year to be in 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 the footy sphere. Put that on. It was shirt. about seventy-two hours where I was like, you know what? That might be my like peak sporting seventy-two hours because we had the good. Dockers massive win. I had the Friday morning news of Cleveland trading for Donovan Mitchell. And then obviously the uh, Sharkies got through to their first grand final ever. So it's hard to top. Uh, oh, look, I'm not going to waste any time. I've been itching to get a useless sports by Fry stat out of my system. So you ready? Here we Ooh, go. Here we How go. How many grand slam titles do you reckon Serena Williams has won? We don't talk much tennis on this podcast, but obviously she's bowed out now of her, uh, illustrious tennis career. How many do you reckon? 15, 16. Keep going. 17. Keep going. 18. 23. Shit. Yeah. She has the most. Yeah, I think she is, honestly. She had the most. Rafa's at 22 after his, he won the Australian Open earlier this year. Does that sound right? Mm. Against Nick? Mate, I'm not. Oh, no, that was. uh, Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Serena's got 23. Rafa and good old Steffi Graf have 22 each. And then Novak, who might beat them all, is still stuck on 21. And then the Fed Express on 20. So, yeah, quick shout out to the GOAT, Serena Williams, uh, on her tennis career. Thanks, Serena. It's NFL, NFL season, mate. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. We had our fantasy draft the other day. I was pretty happy with how, how it came out. So, uh yeah, I'm looking for that starts on what Saturday morning for us, eh? Uh, Friday our time because they've got Thursday night footy oh, over in the States. Okay. It's already um, adjusted. Got you. Yeah, I think we got the Bills Rams straight off the bat, which will be an interesting game. But uh, yeah, we might introduce the just straight off the bat, the weekly fantasy check in because again, there's probably not okay. tons of sports be fans who listen to a lot of NFL fantasy stuff, but 
Yeah, you and I are definitely in and amongst it. So you said you like the layout of the team. How are you shaping up heading into week one with the what's your team's name? Uh Alshon and Jeffrey. I That's don't know. Right. I need to change that. But uh you know what's been that way so long, just like Quis Blorkin, who was a throwaway at the time, but now I might have to just keep it going. Um, create your own history. Both weed both weed related actually, which is weird. But um <laughs> yeah, the Alshon and Jeffrey boys are going well. Had had pick two, auto picked which I was a bit disappointed in, but uh, got Christian McCaffrey. And, um, and, you know, from there it was fine. Pretty happy with, uh, pretty happy getting Len Fournette. Um, mm. A bit wide receiver heavy. Got Matt Stafford, I think, back in the in my QB slot. So we'll just have to see how it goes. Didn't, didn't all go to plan, but that's what happens when you've got a good league. Uh, so a lot of heady drafters. So shout out to... Our league, whatever it's called, but um, I think it's happy. just the sports how, how are you league. Yeah, uh, yeah, good. Uh, there was there wasn't too many times you sniped me, but I was kind of hoping that DK Metcalf would filter through, but alas, uh, he pounced on him. So I was eyeballing him for one of my wide receiver spots, but the rest of my team I'm actually really happy with. I took Justin Jefferson, the Vikings bloke, number one. I reckon he'll be like offensive player of the year this year. I'm predicting big yeah. things but the one that i really wanted to get was saquon barkley there's a lot mm. of not a lot of buzz but i guess like around the nfl circles they say if a bloke does his acl it's not the next season you want to get him it's the one after when he kind of makes his comeback and saquon looked like a superstar when he was healthy so i'm kind of banking on him uh hitting form could end up with egg on my face and uh, much like you i'm a little bit wide receiver heavy but Got Russ Wilson as my QB. He's now in Denver, so I'm predicting big things for him. Got Kyle Pitts at the tight end. Uh, got Indianapolis's wide receiver, Michael Pittman Jr. So, yeah, I like, like the list. Stashed uh, DeAndre Hopkins as well, who's suspended for six games. But we'll have to wait and see how we go week one. Um, I'm hoping I can get a dub. Got the Dynamite Dons, but he once again, traditionally our league is pretty strong. So you never know. Yeah, some years that bloke, Whoever that is finishes really high. Some years he's absolute mud. So yeah, you could be getting anything coming your way, mate. He does have uh, Jalen Hurts at quarterback that I'm a little bit worried about. But yeah, looking yeah. through the rest of his roster, should should be one and zero this time next week. Okay. Uh, regardless of what happens, NFL fantasy wise, I think oh I can just ride off the high of this uh, next topic probably until the NBA season starts. Because the Cleveland Cavaliers are now the proud owners of a three-time All-Star in the shape and form of Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Let me quickly, before I get your opinion, read through what Utah got for Rudy Gobert and Donnie Mitchell. So they got six unprotected first-round picks. They got one that's top five protected from Minnesota in 2029 as well. So technically seven. Three pick swaps. Colin Sexton, Laurie Markkinen, Malik Beasley, Pat Bev, who they flipped for Talon Horton Tucker, Jared Vanderbilt, uh, Leandre Balmaro, Ochai Abaji, who is our 14th overall pick this year, and Kessler, can't remember his name, Wayno Kessler, who was the 22nd Fine. pick uh, this year as well. So effectively, like pretty much 10 firsts and Sexton, Markin, and Beasley, Talon Horton Tucker. Vanderbilt, you know, like they they got some pieces for those two dogs. Uh, who do you think 
you had to say one team won the trade, which way would you lean, do you reckon? This is just the Cavs. Mm. Just the Donny acquisition. It all depends on the on the outcomes down the line, doesn't it? Because yeah, of course. My big my big thing is I'm a bit worried that Donny might not work. You know, mm. I'm I'm a bit worried that he he's going to be sort of um, a bit too ball dominant. He's going to take the ball out of Darius's hands. He might stifle Evan Mobley's growth. Whereas I think if you just hung fat and stuck with who you had, I think it, the growth would have happened. The improvement would have just happened. Um, now you guys have sort of forced, you've just, you've, you've limited that growth option potentially could really work. Um, I always liked Donnie Mitchell until this season just gone and how he sort of operated with Rudy Gobert. So now I'm a bit worried if he's, bringing the ball up half the time. It's out of Darius's hands, potentially mm. isn't going into Mobley. I'm a bit worried, but it does give you a great backcourt punt, one-two punch, and it also is going to allow you guys to stagger your lineups quite nicely. But um, I think, I, to be honest, I'd probably say the Jazz, just because they're safe. They they probably enter the, uh, uh, what's his name, Webb and Yana sweepstakes now. And yep. um yeah, whereas you guys, it could really work, but it's um, there's there's some things that have to go right, I think, for you guys. It's a bit of a gamble, right? Like I think yeah. you worded it best by saying, you know what, Donovan Mitchell might just be a glorified Colin Sexton, and if he is, yeah. and you're paying yeah. him twice as much and he's chewing up twice as many possessions, that could be an issue. But I think I'm a bit worried potentially if he's bad on defense or doesn't give effort on defense, our guards are just probably going to be a bit of a sieve and not slow down the likes of, Oh, I don't know. Steph Curry is the first one that comes to mind and no one can really stop yeah, him. You've got but... to deal with, um, got to deal with Kyrie Irving a fair bit. Yeah. Um, Drew holiday as well. Zach, like if we Zach want to get Levine. to the pointy end. Yeah. Levine's floating around. Yeah. Yep. I think it was a gamble. <laughs> Effectively they swapped out Laurie Markin and, for Donnie Mitchell and our picks. Cause obviously Sexton didn't play a big chunk of last year. And this Ochai Abaji bloke wasn't on the roster either. So I guess that's maybe just me look trying to be a glass half full outlook on it. But like you said, it gives us a pretty budding backcourt. We got Mobley and Jared Allen now. So there's like four really good dudes to build the next three years around. And who knows, mm. they might even push for a top four spot this year. Now the bench leaves a little bit, to be desired. You know, you got Karis LeVert, Jetty Osman, uh, Isaac Okoro. They'll probably rotate through the wing spot. Kevin Love is a punch off the bench. Ricky Rubio when he's healthy. It's a good team. But yeah, I guess just the ceiling, like you said, may have been stunted for the development for some of these dudes if Mitchell's chewing up 20 shots a night. But yeah, yeah I'm excited to see what they're doing. And I, I did initially love the deal. I wasn't too worried about the picks or the players that we gave up. But from a fit, no standpoint that'll be obviously the big question mark but yeah i got high hopes i think uh it's a type of trade that you know maybe they should have waited two seasons to make but there's not that many dudes that are queuing up to go and play for cleveland so i can see why kobe altman pulled the trigger and we'll have to wait and see hopefully they can nudge 50 plus wins and make a noise in the playoffs because donnie's shown that he can you know he can score when he gets to the postseason so 
Yeah, I'm optimistic. Also get scored on. Yeah, this is true. Uh, speaking of scored on, let's transition into talking about our last division that we have not previewed, uh, okay. the Southwest Division. I reckon they're going to go in reverse standings order uh, from okay. the Southwest. So scored on uh, links a lot to the Houston Rockets, who I think, despite going 20 and 62, might actually be worse next season coming up. I know that they got a couple of pieces, you could say, but just on the surface, they didn't do a ton this offseason other than give up um, Christian Wood. They added a few pieces and some other youngsters, but I don't think they got shitloads better. The big one will obviously be see how much that Jabari Smith uh, contributes straight off the bat. But yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they were right amongst it with the Spurs, who we'll talk about a bit later, and Utah in the Victor Webadyama sweepstakes. So what's your opinion on Houston and their offseason? Oh, I tend to agree with you, mate. I think, mm. um, I guess they're just hoping for, for growth from Jalen, hoping that Kevin Porter Jr. can keep his head right. I like that they brought back uh, Jay Sean Tate. I thought that was good. Um, yeah, he's underrated, eh? Yeah, I like Alpi Shangoon, um, but that is about it. Obviously, yeah, like you said, Jabari Smith is the real... The, the piece that they're hoping they're going to get a lot from and, and he could, he could go well and sort of push them up the standings a bit. I would be guessing that they would be hoping that they don't move up. There's no point at this. Mm. It's just for nothing. You want to be in the Victor Webinyama um, sweepstakes. So um, if they can just get some improvement from Jalen, bit of improvement from Shangoon, get minutes into Smith and, I guess, kind of get Kevin Porter playing all right, then that's a win for them, I would say. Yeah, KPJ is an interesting one. I think you're right. Mm. They're probably not going to be in a rush to get shitloads better. That's why I wouldn't be shocked if Eric Gordon was a dude that got moved at some point during the season before the deadline. Yeah. Everyone's been saying that for the last three years, but yeah. he's technically in the last year of his deal. He's got 19 mil this year. And then 20 plus next year, but that's non-guaranteed. So I don't know. Yeah. A team like Charlotte, if they're on the fringe of the top six and they need another scoring punch or another contender gets someone injured, maybe they go out and snaffle him. But well, yeah, there's not a lot to love about Houston's makeup. I'll be very intrigued to see how um what's his name? Steven Silas, that's the coach name. Is he still there? Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. I'll be very intrigued to see how he like builds this young roster and if they're if they're shit again, if he's just like, nah, they've got to make a change, or if Kevin Porter Jr. blows up. So there are some intriguing storylines, but yeah, I don't expect them to nudge twenty five wins. So Yep. With you on that one, mate. Same could be said with the San Antonio Spurs, who were uh, oh. somewhat surprising thirty four and forty eight last year, but you can probably attribute seven to eight of those wings to DeJounte Murray, who's obviously no longer there. I got no convincing take around the Spurs. I think they're going to be average. I uh, don't know who on their roster that I like, to be honest. I mean, they've got pieces, but yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if we're staring down the barrel of the worst roster in the league right now. Definitely the worst roster in the league for my mind. Um, anyone I like, only bloke I like is um, Keldon Johnson. I've probably said it before. He's a, Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. He's one of the best rebounding sort of – is he a guard? He's kind of in the middle, but mm. rebounding guard forward combos 
that I've seen is unreal. Um, you've got Greg Popovich. That's about all they've got going for him. But I think they want to just get improvement into Keldon. Um, who's the other one I was looking at? Oh, bounce back year for Zach Collins. That's, you know, welcome yeah. back, I guess, eventually. Yeah. Um, Devin uh, Vassell, I think, is the other guy they want to get minutes oh, yeah. into and, and enter the the Webinyama sweepstakes. I think there's going to be a lot of teams lining up. So, I think Jeremy Sochan, Sohan, the bloke that they drafted, a lot of people are high on, high energy type okay. of cat. But, okay. Yeah. I mean, Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, Blake Wesley. Yeah. Sorry, boys. This, this is a fucking yeah. young team, though. So, you know, if I don't think Pop will see it through to the pointy end when they turn the corner, but. You know, if they learn a lot from these couple of years where they get banged up and then a couple of stars and decent role players emerge and they can get someone like, you know, we've talked a lot about Victor Webinyama, but Scoot Henderson for the G League Ignite is probably the second best player in that draft class yeah. and any other year would go number one. So there are there's a pretty deep draft this year. Yeah. Uh, so if they're right at the pointy end of it and they can get a franchise-altering type of dude, then, you know, they only need to find the auxiliary pieces, but yeah, I'm not going to be watching a lot of Spurs basketball this year. I'm right there with you, mate. Uh, in fact, I wouldn't watch them on, on a good year. So they're yeah, well, neither would I actually. Unequivocal worst watch in the NBA. Is there anyone you draft for your fantasy side out of this team? Because someone's going to get some stats. Kelden Johnson, the rebounds. Pirtle, do you go down that route? Hope he has like nope. five blocks a game. <laughs> No, any good sh- maybe if there's a good three point shooter. Dougie McBuckets will probably score a lot. Yeah, maybe. Uh yeah, I won't be watching much San Antonio Spurs, but I tell you what, I'll be tuning into a fair chunk mm. of New Orleans Pelicans basketball. Uh they could be yes, I, I gave Toronto heavy raps when we did their off season recap slash preview. New Orleans might be the one in the West who vaults up and pushes for a top four spot. Let's not rule it out. I mean yeah. They pushed the Suns to six last year, and it felt like they belonged. They didn't look out of place in the playoffs, which considering yeah. they were 10 games under 500, says something. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very intrigued. Obviously, Zion's health is a huge caveat over the entire group, but the pecking order between Zion, Ingram, McCollum, and how they, you know, if they could all three coexist, will be interesting to watch. But, yeah, I like this Pels team. I wouldn't be shocked if they... I don't think they're going to win 50 games, but I wouldn't be surprised if they flipped. They went 46 and 36. So what are your Pell's thoughts? Uh, probably the the guy that jumps out at me is Herb Jones. I mean, they're going to get a lot of improvement from him. And he's yep. one of the more special defensive talents I've seen in a long time. Sort of Kawhi Leonard-esque, honestly. Um, if he, if he develops call. right. So... Very excited about them. They're going to be a great watch. Obviously, Zion is instant uh, league pass top 10. Mm. And I think CJ is a very steady contributor. Brandon Ingram is, he sort of broke out in the playoffs, I thought. Yeah. And then they've got good pieces like JV. They've got Larry Nance. They've got um, the other bloke I was just looking at. Jacko Hayes is now entering his fourth year, I think. Might Um, have been fifth, honestly. I came in with Zion, so fourth year. And oh, true. Uh, the other one, Devontae Graham, is is a great little player. Um, and then you've got the spark plug, Alvarado. So, yeah, they're going to be very watchable. Um, don't love their commentary team. That's my one thing. Mm-hmm. The guy has a good voice, their lead commentator, but they're a little bit one-eyed for mine. So, 
yeah, I, I, I think these guys are going to be good. I wouldn't, no way they make top four, I would say, because the West is good. The West is bloody good. Yeah, the West you've got is the reigning good. champs. You've got the Suns. You've got the Nuggets. You've got Luca. You've got, you got the Clippers. Uh, oh, they're, they're going to be right up there. You've got the Grizzlies. You never know what the Lakers are going to do. You never know. So, yeah, I, I couldn't see them jumping over those guys. They might jump over the the next two teams that we talk about, though. But, yeah, they're going to be a fun watch. That's for bloody sure. It's going to be cool to see because, obviously, the two teams we're about to talk about and the Pels, all three of them in the same division means they'll probably play, what, four times a year? Four each, yeah. Yeah. So you get a little bit of Zion versus Jar versus Luca, and then mm. the other matchups. That'll be very intriguing. Um, Definitely. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could see them finishing top four. It's more likely that they finish in the top six, you know, but yeah, the yeah. teams that you mentioned, like, when I'm, oh, yeah, no, nah, they're better. Oh, shit, yeah, they're better too. Oh, crap, yeah, they're probably bat deeper. So, yeah. Yeah, there's only so many spots uh, in that top four. In fact, I can confirm there's four of them. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see. Dallas Mavericks, uh, 52 and 30, they went last year. I was hype when they added Christian Wood. I thought that that was going to be a really big thing, but I'm a little bit less optimistic on them going on another Western Conference Finals run now that they've lost Jalen Brunson. I still think they'll be fine, and I reckon they'll probably be around a similar mark, win 50-ish games. But, yeah, I do wonder what Dinwiddie and Tim Hardaway can bring if they can kind of bridge that gap. And their be- I've just never really loved their bench either. Losing Bo- Boban Mojanovic isn't going to be a drastic difference, but, you know, he was a dude out there and he was contributing. So I don't love how deep they bat. So I don't know if I've put Dallas in like actual championship contention, but I didn't do that last year. And then they went on a run. I know they added um, JaVale McGee, so he may turn out to be a decent dude and contributor, but yeah, I'm a little bit out on Dallas compared to earlier in the off season. Yeah. I would just say I'm about the same as I was Mm. last year on them. Um, I, I would push back against your, they don't bat deep. Like, they're going to have Kleber. They're going to have Batans. They're going to have Bullock. They're going to have Dinwiddie. They're going to have, obviously, Luca. Finney Smith will start. Josh Green's a solid contributor. They've got Dwight Powell. Christian Wood will start. They've got Frankie um, Nilekina. Yeah. They're, they're not shallow, I wouldn't say. They're not all-star They're not all star players or even star players coming off the bench, but they, they do have, like, players who play a role, and I think play a role well, so... I could, you just need some good players around Luca. And I yeah, I get that's what I was it. just starting to think, you know. But at the same time, um, I think losing Jalen Brunson hurts. So mm. I think they're about where they were last season for mine. Luca being so heliocentric means, like you said, I guess you don't need to find an all star to go alongside him. It would be nice. Mm. But yeah, if, uh, what's his name? I was just staring at his name. Reggie Bullock and Davis Bertans can step in and hit some threes. Christian Wood does the rim running and provides a bit of hustle inside. And Tim Hardaway is getting close to 20 and Dinwiddie's giving you 15. Probably a, yeah, a top six team in the West. Shit. Maybe. Yeah. We're running out of spots. Yeah. Uh, if Dallas is in and taking one of those spots and New Orleans is in taking one of those spots, it's going to be tough for Memphis to squeeze in. 
But after going 56 and 26 last year, I don't know how they're going to be much worse. Pretty much the only off-season move is really swapping Danny Green for Anthony Melton. Uh, and obviously they've got a lot of young dudes and they're going to keep growing. The big thing that hangs over this whole franchise, I guess, is the health of Jaron Jackson Jr. Because he's shown at times, he's had moments where he's looked like the best player on the court, including when Jar's been there, but that's been very few and far between. And obviously he's missed a shitload of games in the last two to three seasons. So if he can stay healthy and contribute, I'd be really high on this Memphis team, but yeah, I expect them to probably achieve similar, which, you know, we haven't really given away a lot with this Pelicans-Dallas-Memphis trio. But like you said, the West is pretty loaded and it's going to be really tough to try and find out which teams force their way up the standings. And I guess injuries will obviously play a factor as well. But could you see Memphis pushing for a top four spot over the likes of Dallas and New Orleans? Do you reckon they've got the most chance? Yeah. Or highest chance, I should say. I would say so. I think they did well enough with Jar off the court to make me believe that they've got the cattle. Um, I think they also lost Kyle Anderson, right? Oh, yeah. He's at Minnesota. Yep. Uh, in- interestingly, I was going to say if they hadn't lost Kyle Anderson, they would have four pick number 30s oh. in their team, except one of them's a second round, but that's all right. Um, Still counts. Desmond Bain, pick 30. Santi Aldama, pick 30 this year. So anyway, would have been interesting. I do like... They they played a lot of the season without Dylan Brooks. Tyus Jones is probably the best backup point guard in the league. They're going to get another year into Jar. They're going to... De'Anthony Melton's a good backup. But I don't know about his fit. He's probably the third point guard. I know he's, oh, he's nah, Melton, shooting. Melton got traded to the Sixers. Oh. So who'd they get for Melton? Danny, Danny Green. Green. But I don't know if they bought oh. him out or what the okay. deal is, but yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. they backed okay. it. Oh, I know he's sitting here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like and I like Brandon Clark. Um, I'm excited to see another year into him. So oh, yeah, forget about that bloke. Yeah, yeah. I, I reckon they're gonna be pretty bloody good, to be honest. Um just they lack a little bit in the front court, but we'll see if Jar Morant can make up for that, I guess. Yeah. If you're looking at, I guess, New Orleans, Dallas, Memphis, you're like, righto, who's got the best player out of those three? It's probably Luca. But then I think yep. Jar's probably the clear number two, just because Zion's yep. so unseen. Yeah. So, you know, you have that type of superstar. He's quickly becoming one of, if not the most popular players in the league. Oh, yeah. Especially with the way that he, like, produces viral highlights. So, you know, that raucous Memphis arena goes off 41 times a year. That could get him a couple extra wins. And like I said, if Jaron Jackson Jr. is healthy, they go a lineup of Jar, Bain, Dylan Brooks, Triple J, and Steven Adams to start. That's pretty fucking good. Bloody good. Yeah. Yeah. And then they've got, Brandon Clark coming off the bench. They've got Danny Green shooting off the bench. You know, that's pretty that's pretty good. And they've obviously got Tyus Jones, you know, spelling jar. So it's good. John Concha, he's there. He's a man. Yeah, he's Concha. a person. So good on you, <laughs> John. Uh, before we get off basketball, try and tell me who's going to finish higher, Dallas, Memphis, or New Orleans. I'll take Memphis. Okay. Yeah. Just because their team, their team sort of play style. 
that you know fits and meshes and works together. Yeah, the I rest are a little bit. Unknown. By a hair, I'll agree with you, but I got New Orleans second out of the bunch. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, this is turning into a boring podcast. There's a lot of agreeing going on here. Yeah, sorry, man. It's a boring, it's a boring fucking division. Let's be honest. Yeah, it is, and the last division. So, you know, I think we've got a couple of weeks now before training camp kicks off. So we might just have to go through and, uh, I don't know, talk about our favorite players and their Instagram accounts. Jokic doesn't fucking have one. Fuck. Uh, you've been tuning into any of the Eurobasket shit? Uh, only catching what Jokic is doing, honestly. Yeah. Um, and he's doing well. Yeah, so. it seems like the stars over there are putting up big numbers, but there's some crazy stuff going on. I can't remember exactly who it was. I think it was Furkan Korkmaz. Someone was like attacked after one of the games by players from the other team and like police and shit. So and then there was one of the results of the game was protested. They were claiming that like clock uh, ran while there was like a scuffle on the court. Then there was another one about tech fouls being awarded when they should, yeah, it was carnage. So I'm going to make sure that I start to follow a little bit when it gets to the pointy end because we could just see some whack shit unfold. Your European sport, man. It's different, different yeah, beast. They are honestly. different characters, though. Yeah, they're the reason that the word fanatics exists. Um, all right, footy time. How good are the fucking Fremantle Dockers? Let's go. Yeah. They were good for half a game, that's for sure. <laughs> they were abysmal for one and three quarter quarters. Yeah, they, they were did not get like, their hands on the footy, eh? Literally, um. Might have been like the worst footy I've seen in the AFL. And that's a big statement, but like it was so bad. And full credit to them, they turned it around and reeled it back. And I, I think we were texting during the, the game and sort of saying, I think the doggies threw everything they had in the first quarter. Yeah. Yeah. And then ran out of juice. But um, man, Frio was so bad at the start. But they won, which is the main thing. Let's hope they don't do that against Collingwood. Um, and let's hope it's not a close game against Collingwood mm. because that's a recipe for disaster against the Pies, in my yeah, opinion. I tend to agree. But I think, I think you've got the cattle to do it. That's my personal opinion. Tell you what, before we dive into week two, because i got some opinions and I want to dissect both semi-final matchups, let's look back at week one. So... I don't know about you, but I didn't get to watch a shitload of these games. I was bouncing all over the Southwest uh, over the weekend and the Thursday, Friday period. So I want you to think about which game you learnt the most from or which team you reckon you learnt the most from. Because obviously Sydney beating Melbourne is big for their chances. Now getting a home prelim. Collingwood, I thought Collingwood were honestly going to beat Geelong. That's where the uh, Sports by Fry bankroll was dedicated to. I actually had money mm. on the doggies as well. I was very... Uh, pessimist as a Freo fan for something different and yep. I thought Richmond was going to win but obviously they in a pretty epic battle just fell short oh. so which team do you think obviously there's six left now what do you think you learnt the most of in those four contests Boy, it's a it's tough a good question, question. But... yeah probably have to go with Sydney mm. um, and that, that they can game plan for any team and they game planned for Melbourne really well. Um, just like we were saying that they did against the pies a, f 
a few weeks before the finals started. Um, they did the exact same thing against Melbourne and just, you know, got rid of Melbourne's strengths and played to their own strengths and figured out ways to sort of transition from those two areas, I guess. Um, so I think Sydney, I'm still not a believer in them winning at all, um, but they were bloody impressive. Um, and to be honest, that was probably the worst game of the, the round, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a blowout if you take the others into consideration. Was yeah. it 19 points yeah. or something? Definitely. Um, I could could maybe give a little shout to uh, the Pies for hanging mm. right in there with uh, with Geelong, but I would say Sydney, personally. I think when we learnt, I mean, if I'm looking at the six remaining teams, I agree. I think it's Sydney. But if I'm looking at the eight teams that took to the field, I think we learnt the most about the dogs because they should have fucking oh, yeah. killed Fremantle. And they, yeah, it was embarrassing for them. There was all sorts of numbers and stats rolling around. Like they've in, I think they said in two second halves at Optus, they've conceded 27 of 30 goals or something ridiculous. Wow. Like, yeah. And, you know, one of them was a grand final against a Melbourne team that was driven and, like, couldn't Lying. be stopped by the time they started Lying. clicking. And I think Fremantle got a huge boost out of playing at Optus Stadium. Like, if that final was in Marvel, it probably would have been a 30, 40-point dogs win. But, you know, this is the third time in four years, or maybe worse, that they've now bowed out in an elimination final. And their team's pretty fucking good. They shouldn't be losing at this point of the year, if you ask me, they always seem to get into like, you know, your seven, eight range. I'm like, you look at that team on paper and the midfield talent they've got. Granted, we've talked about their backline woes, but they should probably be pushing for top four every year. So I do wonder, I don't think getting rid of Bevo or dramatically changing things is probably the right call, but if it happens so. again, it might, it might be time, honestly. I think Beveridge should go. Personally. I guess the thing is, right, like who would you replace him with? Oh, if they'd fucking gone in, oh no, I was going to say gone early enough, they could have got Clarkson. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, Steve Kerr was an un, unproven coach when he inherited the Golden State Warriors. And you just got to pick the right Should man. Be that. You know, like you could just grab Choco Williams for two years, see what happens, and then have a care, uh, have like a transition plan to Bob Murphy, who's sitting on the yeah. Frio. Frio sidelines, you know, something, something like that. Um, I, I reckon it's Bevo's got to go and he's a problem, man. Like he's got all these like weird vendettas against fucking like Damien Barrett. And yeah, you know, he like, does love you don't need that hanging around your club. That's actually shit house. So um, yeah, I, I reckon look, and now I hope I don't ever meet Bevo cause he'll fucking go me. But I, I think that's probably what, the doggies bra should be genuinely looking at. It's not the players. Well, I mean, the players might be part of the problem, but it starts somewhere. And I think it, it starts with the coach who's obviously doesn't have the game plan that's necessary because they, he's got the cattle. He's got about yeah, as absolutely. good as anyone in the league, really. So this was a huge underperformance by them this year. And there's a lot of, a lot of worrying signs. And that strikes me as the, the thing that, that I'd be doing. I'm not like a big coach sacker, but he's, I think I called for it halfway through the year. Honestly, I, I reckon he's probably got to go. Yeah. I put money on them to win the flag. That was my yeah. preseason prediction. And yeah, they disappointed at almost 
every changeover. I think it's looks like Josh Dunkley is going to bounce to Port Adelaide as well. So, you know, he's so second maybe best their best. Yeah, behind Baz, behind Bond. Oh yeah, of course. Sorry, forgot about Bond. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know, you lose him, and it, it's not like they haven't tempted him to stay previously. You know, he was going to go to Essendon. They're like, no, no, no. Like we can build a winner here. But yeah, they just keep stumbling. So I wouldn't be surprised if they don't address it soon. And they're like, no, no, no. We trust beverage. We're going to stick fat. More blokes might leave. Yeah. No, I think it's uh, worrying signs for the doggies. But uh, it's all it's all the better for Frio. Thank goodness that happened. Thank God you guys had the doggies and not any other team. Richmond if you had Richmond, yeah. you'd have been fucked. Yeah. yeah. For, for real. Thank God. I am very glad that the Fremantle Dockers did clash with uh, said Western Bulldogs. Uh, Richmond, good to see that Koch and Rewalt are going to go round one last time. You'd think that even if the recent player rumours are true and they nab Hopper and they nab Terrence, this is like probably their last hurrah in this current iteration of Richmond for a flag, you reckon? I think we've said that the last three years in a row, but do you reckon they can retool around those boys and still be all right, even if Koch and Rewalt bounce? Oh, with one more, yeah. Look, it depends how you how you sort of rank it. You know, like I think I think they're just going to stay in contention for the next few years. We've already we all know how I feel about Shea Bolton. Um, yeah. If they get Taranto, he's a star. Um, they've got the best forward in the game, I think, in Tom Lynch. I don't know about their back line, but you know, Gibkus has looked all right. I, they were better than. The Lions, I think, yeah. and they should, probably should have won. If we're being honest, if we look at so <laughs> that weird call by the yeah, uh, arc, but um, yeah, I, I think they'll just keep winning. So we're going to sort of have a Geelong situation. We're like, where does one era finish and the next start? Um, but yeah, that was that might have been like the best game of footy I've ever seen. If I'm being honest, like that, and I was no, I was texting you the whole time. Literally, like every minute, every 90 seconds, there was a goal scored. That was a true old school shootout. Shootout. Mate, it was just free-flowing footy. They just went nonstop. They must have been fucking buggered at the end of that game, every single player. Um, But, yeah, I think Richmond are fine. I love, absolutely love what Morris Rioli Jr. brings. Like, Mm. he – I'm – I think I've said it to you in person when we've been watching the games. He puts pressure on like no player I maybe have ever seen. The the intensity he brings at the football across the ground, obviously mostly up forward, he is phenomenal. So between him and Shea Bolton and the Liam Bakers of the world, I I think they'll just keep going, keep rolling. Um, and if they can attract these stars, like they will, they're Richmond. They're one of the biggest yeah. clubs in the land. They're just going to keep... Keep on keeping on. So it was a shame. I would have liked to see them get up over Brisbane because um, I think they could have made more of a splash than the, the Lions will. But um, cracking game of footy. And we get to see what Lockie Neal can do against uh, oh, la, 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 the other team. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree pretty much with everything you said. And I'm a bit bummed also that Brisbane won because how good would Friday night at the GB between Richmond and Melbourne. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Whoever wins that game may go on to win the flag. Cause yeah. Melbourne 
will probably beat Brisbane. I think that's fair to say. They're 20-point favourites. So I'm like, I kind of think, because like you said, Brisbane will probably be cooked after that huge game. But, you know, stranger things have happened and they do still stand a chance. But yeah, I'm picking the Ds. And imagine the Ds win that. Ds versus Geelong, they're probably going to play that at Melbourne. So there's no Cadinia Park bonus for Geelong. And, you know, they still play in Melbourne, so it's not exactly a away game. But I'd probably pick Melbourne for that. And then reigning premiers on grand final day at the G, I think, could go all the way. But, yeah, back to uh, the semifinal at hand. Out of 10, what do you reckon the chances is of Brisbane pulling off an upset, let's call it? If Petrarca's no go, then Yeah, sure. was it fractured fibula? Is that right? Yeah, and to be honest, mate, I think even if I was lining up for a potential back-to-back prem, I would be telling people, I've got a broken fucking leg. I'm not playing. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm sorry. Like, you get a knock on that, That's which you, you're almost certain to do as a midfielder in the AFL. You're going to get an innocuous one on your shin or something. Oh my goodness. I would be saying, sorry guys, like I value my leg. I don't want one of those one short legs or some shit. Like he's got a lot of footy left. I would be telling him, sorry, I'm packing it in for the season, mate. But um, I guess if he doesn't go, Brizzy could get up. Uh, I feel like they've probably got, I mean, Harmsy should get the job on uh, Lockie Neal, who was phenomenal. Um, yeah. against Richmond. But, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't rate the... Oh, the Lions have a chance, don't get me wrong, but I would be picking Melbourne to... Probably not by 20 points, though. I reckon it'll be a close game. Yeah, okay. I no, think I'll take the... That hurts. That is a big out, especially with the Twin Towers that Melbourne are rocking uh, mm. for the rest of this season, anyway. Um, I do wonder just exactly how Lockie Neal will go if they put a lot of time and effort and energy into shutting him down, which has surprised me that Richmond didn't, to be honest. I mean, I know they don't Richmond traditionally tag, but yeah, I'm like, this bloke's about to have the finals record for disposals here. And every time, you know, same deal. Like I said, I didn't watch much of the footy, but every little glance I got on the uh, KO app briefly between doing bits and pieces, I was like, oh yeah, there's Lockie Neal around the footy, tackling or getting a clearance or positively impacting the play somehow. So yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if Melbourne had a like full on tilt approach to shut him down. Oh, the Collingwood to. Fremantle game intrigues me. And I want to hear yeah. your thoughts before I give my prediction. Uh, okay. I think it being played at the G is obviously a big factor for Collingwood, but yeah, where do you sit? Oh, I don't think, I think Frio can win anywhere. Luckily they've built that, to- that side there. They're based on defense, and I think yep. they're going to match up with Collingwood's play on at all cost style very well. I think they've got the the midfield to outdo the Collingwood midfield, and I think their forward pressure is good enough to give the Izzy Quainers and Nick Dacosses and the fucking whoever else they've got back there is of the world um, enough trouble that they're not going to have the time to operate the way they would like to. So I reckon I'll be tipping Frio at the G and I think it, it might be like a, I think Frio could win this by 40 points if I'm being Jesus. honest. Jesus. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't think 
Collingwood ga- Collingwood's game plan is going to match up very well against the Dockers, whereas it does against the D's and the other teams of the world. The Dockers' defense and their their structure and their game plan is is not good for Collingwood. I reckon Collingwood would have been desperately hoping that the doggies got up over mm. Frio. Obviously not hoping to lose, but I reckon Frio's definitely got it in the tank and got the cattle to to go with Collingwood pretty comprehensively. Obviously, I'm sort of saying 40 points, but um, yeah, yeah that's, that would be my summary. I think that the MCG factor is a factor. Like there's going to be 90,000 fans there and there's probably going to be 75 plus cheering for Collingwood, but if they can get a bit of a run on early, I kind of agree. I feel like their defense can shut Collingwood down, but they've got to be switched on for all four quarters. Cause you've seen what happens if you give Collingwood a little bit of a sniff or you can have a bit of a lapse. So initially I said that Fremantle would lose in a close one rolling into the recording of this podcast. But the more I kind of thinking about it, if they play their cards, right, I think they can win. And I think they should win. Collingwood's probably the favourites because it's technically their home game and it's fourth versus fifth. But, you know, it's fourth versus fifth as well. It's not like it's second versus seventh, right? And these two teams played a couple of times throughout the year. I think they beat us to start their win streak initially back in like round six or seven or something. But I also think that Fremantle's group will get a shitload of confidence out of winning last week and the way that they won as well. Like, fuck, we were seven goals down dead in the water and they came all the way back on the back of their defensive pressure, like you said. So I'm going to tip Frio. Uh, If you want some free money though, I reckon you bet the under because it's like 154 points, which means both teams kick around 75. I'm like, or 78. I'm like, there's no way that's happening. I reckon it'll be like a, 50-something to 60-something type of scoreline, honestly. I reckon it'll be a bit of a slog. Fremantle might only kick eight goals for the game, but as long as Collingwood doesn't kick nine, I think they'll win. So it'll be tight. It'll be tight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I sort of see what you're saying. I still think... Is full five be back? <sighs> I don't know. Okay. Well, I'll be honest, I, you know, I kind of forgot that he didn't play <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't matter. I just think Frio's midfield, including their wings, is too much. Switkowski's, I know, gets a lot of flack for being an elite-rated player. He had the most pressure acts in the game last week, mm. and that's over the top of Dunkley, who had 10-plus tackles. You know, Switkowski yeah. only had fucking 16 touches or less. He adds so much. Um, Blakey Akers is unreal. Obviously, we know what the... Frio Dockers midfield can do. I think Sean Darcy is clearly better than Darcy Cameron. Um, yeah, I think the Dockers. I think the Dockers will do it easy. I know I've said it. Um, so there's my there's my big call for the week, maybe or some shit. Like there's that. not much. I'm having a look at the in the mix article. There's no mention of Fifey. So I do wonder okay. if after he had that setback, because again, last week I was kind of oblivious to a lot of headlines. I do wonder if that was a he's out for the finals type of deal, but. Mm. Okay, that'd be shit. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm nervous because I feel like it's a game that Fremantle should win, much like this Bulldogs one. Uh, and if they play their cards right, they can. But I don't really know what to expect. It could be a 40-point Dockers win. It could be a 40-point loss. No result would surprise me, knowing Fremantle. Actually, a 40-point win would surprise me. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I think they'll do it. 
transitioning from uh, one West Australian team to another. Obviously, uh, West Coast's in the swing of their off-season. Uh, Junior Rioli wants out now as well. So getting to the point where all the 10 or bottom 10 teams are starting to look through a bit of list management and shit like that. If you have to give up Junior, not Willie Rioli at the moment, uh, what do you want in return? What do you think is fair compensation? I think they could definitely angle for, or, I mean, it is West Coast front office. They're pretty good. They are pretty good. They could push for Port Adelaide's top pick because they already have the second round pick. So you're kind of like, well, we don't want that. That's not, you can't give us a second rounder, which would be the obvious option, I think. Mm -hmm. So I kind of feel like because he's contracted, right? Nah, he's out of contract. I thought he still had one year to run. Not from what I'm looking at. I, I'm pretty sure, I, and I could be wrong, I thought I read that he was contracted. So he's not a free agent. So they would have to trade, make a trade go through. So in that, mm. if that's the case, I reckon we could we could argue for the top pick. To be honest, though, I, I think it, it makes a lot of sense for both sides. West Coast... I would love to keep Junior, especially after the kind of the weird three, four years that it's been. Yeah. But at the same time, it it probably makes a bit of sense for West Coast to get some draft capital or a young player who doesn't quite fit in their side or if they've got a West Aussie over there or something. Um, so maybe angling for that and a a couple of like, you know, a third and a fourth or I don't know. I don't really understand yeah. how the points work, but. Now that, like you've said, Port Adelaide's future second is tied to West Coast, that does complicate some stuff. It, this time last year, you could have said that give us Sam Power Pepper, that would have been a solid potential trade. But obviously, he yeah. he kind of peaked a bit in the back six weeks. Year. So I, I yeah. do wonder if that would be a straight swap that works. He is out of contract in 2022 for what it's worth, Junior okay. Rioli. Okay. But... You could potentially, there's a lot of people who've said, give us Mitch Georgiatis. And I'm like, Port Adelaide's not giving up Mitch Georgiatis, especially no, unless West Coast are willing to attach other things to that deal. But yeah. there's one move that I do uh, I do like. It's a straight swap, player for player. They get junior. You guys get Xavier Dersma, who had his injury issues. Huh. He's had a couple of yo-yo years. He hasn't really peaked at Port Adelaide. He provides you guys with something that for years you've said that West Coast desperately need and a bit of leg speed, you put yeah. him on a wing and I feel like that's fair compo and a fair type of deal. What do you reckon? I don't mind that. Um, I would love to get Sam Powell Pepper. Um, mm. That would maybe be nice. That's not, maybe that's not an option. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'd give Dersmer a crack. That, that'd be okay. Still young. I would probably would still like a draft pick attached or something, but you know, yeah, I'll take it. Oh yeah. Okay. He's, he might be out of contract, but he's not a free agent. I don't know. That yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just reading off AFL. So it'd have to yeah, organize okay. a trade. They're saying on AFL. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. But I don't, anyway, yeah, they're not, he's not going to walk for nothing. And then you guys get compensation. So I think, uh, Let's go through the out-of-contract West Coasters because there's not shitloads of them. Uh, you got your Aaron Black, Angus DeWore, 
Declan Mountford. I'm trying to find them all at once. Jack Florenka, Luke Stranatica, Sam Fisher, who I don't even know who the hell that is. Stefan Giro, Tom Joyce. They're all probably gone, right? Like most of them are your top-up boys. All of them are out of contract. Any of them that uh, tantalizes you? No. Oh, there's a few players I'd probably... I would If I could have Florenka, I'd take him. He was pretty good. Give him a lifeline. Yeah. Uh, Maybe. Because looking through this list, there's actually, you know, there's quite a few dudes here. And I'm like, oh, West Coast probably want to hold on to them. Starting with Alex Witherden. Obviously uh, hold. Just traded yep. for him. Bailey Williams. Um, There's a lot of talk that he's under pressure. I don't feel like he's under pressure. He's had He had some good games when Nick Nat wasn't there. He's still got yeah, a lot he of was growth. Fine. You've got to be patient with Ruckman. So I would like to keep him because he's an athlete. He's only 22. Body. Yeah. No, I rate him. So I'd be, I wouldn't want to get rid of him, but you know, maybe they will. West Coast do weird stuff sometimes. Maybe. Braden Ainsworth. I think it's fair to say he can go. Yep. See you later. Connor West. I liked him this year. I thought he yeah. offered a, a fair bit of um, intent that most of the other West Coast players didn't. So yeah, he needs to clean up his disposal, but yeah, I'd keep him. I reckon he deserves another rookie list spot at worst. Yeah. Um, Huge Dixon. Oh, he was pretty average. He was pretty average. Yeah, I could I could let him go. Yep. Honestly. Good. Uh, Isaiah Winder. Oh... Uh... I didn't mind him. He's he's quite young too, isn't he? Yep. Hasn't yeah, done much, I, but hasn't had a lot of opportunity either. I'd keep him around. Yep. Can't hurt. He was a late pick in 2020. So, you know, yep. um, where are we going after that? Jack Redden. He had a great year. Yep. Got, you've got to keep obvious, him. You obviously keep him. him. Jacko Nelson. Yep. Oh, I could let him go very easily. Do not rate at all. He is an unrestricted free agent as well, apparently. So you may get compo. I don't really know how that'll work. It's very confusing. But go. yeah, I, I can't stand Jacko Nelson. So nah, I'll happily nah, nah. let him uh, leave the state. Jai Cully, obviously they're going to keep him. Uh, yep. Josh Kennedy, retired. Logan yep. Young, skipped over him. Don't even know who that is. Luke Edwards. No. Um, Luke Edwards, not Harry. Luke. No. Nah. Tyson Edwards' son. Number 16 from memory, plays oh, in midfield, hasn't played much. He had a good year last year, so you'd, you'd keep him around. I think so. Stranatica, uh, he probably goes, though. See you later. Nick Nat has recently agreed to a two-year extension, I think, so his name could go off this list. Uh, Paddy Nash. Oh, he was bad. He got a lot of the footy early in the year, but he was really useless with the footy. I think mm. I would say he goes. Personally. I agree. And I mean, he's struggled to chop it up in the waffle, which tells you, I think, all you need to know. Yeah. Uh, Shannon Hearn. He signed on, didn't he? Yeah, probably. One last yep. bunger run. And then the last one on yep. the list we haven't mentioned is Zane True, who made his debut late in the year, similar to Jai Cully. I think he was a first rounder from not too long ago. Yeah, well, keep, first. keep the youth around. Oh, That's a what West pick. Coast obviously pick. has to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. There's what? I probably ran through 20-ish names, 25 names there. And there's, yeah. I reckon there's nearly 10 of them who you'd want to keep. But some of them are your Nick Nats, your Reddins, your Hearns. So there's yeah. a lot of out-of-contract West Coasters, which 
tells me that if there's a lot of blokes leaving, then it's a good opportunity, not for a culture reset, that's not the right word, but you know, you can cut your dead weight. Yeah. I think that they're going to be a lot better next year than a lot of people think, especially if you get healthy and you don't have as many COVID issues. Uh, last, I hope so. last coaster's note, random thought. And for the record, I did have this thought before Will Schofield mentioned it on the Backchat podcast. I wrote this down on Monday. Uh, should Govsy okay. be used as a forward? Nah, I don't reckon. All right, good. All right, so let's transition. <laughs> no, nah, but we obviously time. watched him play a bit as a junior. He's a bit of a beefcake, can clunk a mark. You've got potentially Oscar Allen coming back into that forward line, which will help. Uh, Jack Darling is going to be there as another target. But Tommy Barras really did thrive without Govs there. But I get, I don't, obviously you put Govsy in that back line. It doesn't mean that he's going to, not dominate his opposition and just means yeah. he'll have less responsibility. So yeah, it's just something that I thought of. I was like, you know, this could be a bit of a trump card. You got the likes of Joshy Rotham, Harry Edwards, who you mentioned, a couple of other cats coming through the ranks. Maybe it's a year or two too early and maybe he could just do it, you know, Adam Hunter style if he needs to midway well, through a game. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. But yeah, just something something I was thinking. Yeah. I still don't think he's past his All-Australian phase. I think he's still good enough to get another jacket. So Yeah. Well, he was the fastest bloke to get four jackets, wasn't he? Ever? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So that sounds right. You, you probably back him in. He's he's 30, so he's got a bit left. He just oozes of a bloke who's going to come back to probably North Albany and just sit in the cage and just kick bags for fun. <laughs> He's going to dominate, yeah. You send him to any country footy league and he's just going to be decking blokes, kicking seven yeah. and chewing through about six one drafts when he's done. <laughs> Fucking knows, mate. Yeah. All right. It has been a long time since we've sat down for a Mount Rushmore, but oh. it is time for the sports be faithful to get excited. I've sat through Here we go. a lengthy chat to get to the best part of the podcast. Uh, the last one we did was NBA MVP candidates. Uh, I can't remember the exact final total, but you got the sixth win of your career. You pipped me at the post. I should. Which means, uh, yeah, you should have. I, I had Giannis. Like I said, every time I do these drafts, we get to the end of it, and I'm like, ah, yeah, I've lost that one. Yep. Yeah. Like I know, I know when you, I've lost. You have to comprehensively lose. Yeah. For me to win. I If, I, if it's a close one, you you get it. Hey, it is the Sports by Fry podcast, so. Uh, it's, and you know what? I'm okay with it. It's all right. Um, all right. This uh, draft topic brought to you by J-Lo, we'll admit, because I had a couple in the chamber. I was going to look at doing uh, the greatest tennis players of the 21st century after Serena retired, but you uh, smartly made the call of, mate, we don't know fuck all about tennis. That's not a good yeah. idea. <laughs> no one's listening to this for the tennis, mate. No. Nah. Uh, we may pivot and do some other off-brand topics, but we probably won't go through uh, the highlights on the tennis courts. But today we will draft the best AFL villains of all time. Now, this is a tricky one because, you know, there's, I guess there's different definitions for a villain. Is it a, you know, a bloke who is a bit of a pest, but, you know, you love him if he's on your team? Was he a thug? Was he just viewed as a legend on the field, but a piss head off of it. So there's a lot of different ways you can go with this one. Uh, yep. But I think when I think of AFL villains, there's a few that spring to mind. Um, 
and I tweaked my list 10 minutes out of the pod and moved this other bloke I'm about to draft to the top. Maybe wrong, maybe right. But I think Barry Hall needs to be the number one pick as an AFL villain. That is a beauty. I, I t- just didn't even think of Baz. Shit, that's that's really good. That's really, really good. <laughs> his hit well on done. Staker might be like the yeah. most iconic play of his career. And he kicked, what, 700 goals. He's a piece of shit. He's a on the thug. Was, were you with me when we saw him get kicked out of um, Hippie Club? No, I don't think I was there. Yeah, Not a hippie with, club uh, regular. Yeah, I think it was Boulay. But yeah, we, you know that little side door you kind of go out of? Yeah, he was just yeah. politely dragged. It was like 8.30, 9 o'clock at night as well. We're like, what are you oh doing? Anyway, yeah, yeah Barry Hall, first overall. Good good player. Probably actually a decent bloke, but probably. on the footy field. Just an actual shit human dog. dog. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a good pick, man. That's a really good pick. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to go with my, um, the first bloke who jumped to my mind. Villain. Great player. Very similar. You know, even sort of a similar player to Barry Mm. Hall. Villain for a very different reason. And I'm going to pick up, I've I've picked him a few times in my list. I'm picking up (laughs) Wayne the King Gary. Yeah, okay. Because, you know, Barry Hall might have been a dog on the field, but Wayne Carey pulled one of the biggest dog moves of his fucking of in history. In the history broke, of football, it was such a code. huge story. Yeah. He broke North Melbourne. He broke He did. The dominant they North haven't Melbourne been the too. Same. Yeah. So um I'll pick Duck <laughs> because he's just he's pulled some real scumbag shit out through his life. So you I, can't I, I go... don't think I can compete with the Barry Hall, but I'll take Duck. You can't go too many years without some form of Wayne Carey controversy, right? <laughs> Even oh this week. Yeah, Wayne Carey's been banned from casinos after spilling a bag of white powder on the casino table. And he's like, oh, no, it was crushed up anti-inflammatory. So, yeah, right on, duck. Of course yeah. it was. <laughs> duck. Uh, oh. Quack somewhere else, you cunt. Yeah. And he's just a, uh, also a useless commentator. Yeah, it does not provide shitloads. Shit I mean, I don't, no, yeah, no, I'm not going to bat it, go into defend no. Wayne Carey. Uh, all right. <laughs> I'm going to be brief. Another bloke that kicked a lot of goals. Cool. Another bloke who I don't know if I'd want to sit down and have a beer with. God, he, no. He wouldn't intimidate me as much. But Stephen Milne probably falls more into the bracket of pest rather than villain. But yeah, bloke who's been falsely or accurately accused of rape and uh, just was an absolute, you hated playing against Stephen Mill. You're like this little, this little fucking weasel, this dog. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, wasn't a fan favorite. St. Kilda's faithful loved him, whether they wanted to admit it out loud or not. He was a great footballer, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take Stephen Mill with my second pick. And actually when I said, villain i don't know why but this was the he was the first bloke that i thought of oh wow yeah look that's a bloody good call um and he was the second bloke i thought of after duck um, yeah, okay. so well done well picked he probably would have been my second pick um especially since i forgot back big bad barry um i'm gonna follow right up and pick another pest um who was he was honestly probably pestier peskier than Stephen Milne. 
mm. didn't rip your heart out and kick eight goals and like, you know, be an absolute prick to the crowd. But Hayden Ballantyne was about yeah. as annoying a footballer as I've ever In fact, he was. He was the most annoying bloke on a field that I've ever seen. Obviously, being a West Coast fan, just got up in our grills that often. And he was just, yeah, nah. That's you're all right. I need to say about it. <laughs> you're like, how many times can I just be like, yeah, this bloke's a fuckhead, eh? How many yeah, other ways can exactly. I articulate that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a fuckhead. Yeah. Well, Ballas was third on my draft board and was going to be my next pick. So I cannot yeah. blame you. It would have pained me to draft him. So thanks for uh, taking that off my hands. Uh, no, no worries. I think the only active bloke I've got on my board, yeah, I'm going to pick next. Um, and you know what? Like, uh, once again, elite footballer. But there's not a lot of people out there who are off-field enthusiasts of the way Toby Green goes about his business. Um, uh, the whole, like, sticking his foot up and kicking blokes early in his career, I'm like, what are you, what are you doing, mate? Like, you would have, by that point, played enough football to know that that's not kosher. Like, pull your head in. But then... Just always, yeah, getting trying to get under bloke's skins, bumping that umpire last year. That was only last year, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what are you trying to achieve here? And whether you did actually physically make contact with him or not, you're just steamrolling an umpire at one of the quarter breaks. So, yeah, do rate the fella. But Toby Green, I would probably not want to have a beer with you, mate. I think he's probably... Like you said, great footballer probably goes about his footy in the sh- bigger shithead way. Like yeah. Barry Hall was a, a thug. Toby Green is like a dirty, horrible player. Plus, I've also got a personal bone to pick with Toby Green. So fucking, he looks um, like he's got a very punchable face as well. Oh yeah, I'd punch him if I had the chance. Uh, yeah. Fuck you, Toby Green. Um, all dick. right. Well, yeah, they're probably the the clear top five. So. Gets a bit trickier now. It does. Yeah, it's dicey. Definitely gets trickier. I'm going to save my little sneaky trump card for later. So with that in mind, I think, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. It's really hard now. Um, All right. I'm going to go with my gut. And he's a bit of a lovable villain. They all are. You know, he's like, he's a, he's a, this bloke's an anti-hero, if you ask me. And I think he kind of got better uh, in the back end of his career. But absolute weapon. Just a just a fucking... He, you so often see him fucking giving you a spray and just talking shit. And yeah, he's bloody good as well, which was so frustrating. Makes it worse. I'm going to go with Heater McShaw. Oh, um, yeah, okay. Collingwood Magpie, you know, he sort of riled those fucking feral fans up. Um, that's a good one. No, sorry. That, that's harsh on the Collingwood faithful, but, you know, he would roll those blokes up, especially because he's usually at one end of the ground. So he's going to mm. get the Collingwood cheer squad going, get Joffa going. So, yeah, Heater Shaw, bit of a, a villain on the field, but also kind of got up to some shit off the field. You've heard, yeah, heard some crazy character. stories. So, yeah, I'll go Heater Shaw. But, you know, that said, he's pretty funny and did come kind of good in the back end of his career. Still a cunt. I am now really torn because I've got a couple in the chamber. Okay. 
but I've been sitting on this one the whole draft. And it, I don't know if he qualifies, but I'm... Hang on, let me have a think. Nah, you know what? I think he does. I mean, okay. he brought the game into disrepute. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, fair enough. He is still the Prince of Perth. But I think I'm going to take Ben Cousins with my last pick. Yeah, had, had that he thing kind of went Curry off the rails. The nightclub. Yeah, and then when yeah. he started coming back with Richmond and did like, oh, Cousins back in Perth playing for Richmond against Freo, and he just douches straight down the camera. You're like, oh, yeah. oh thanks, Ben. <laughs> what the fuck's <laughs> that for? Shaved you know, his like, hair so he wouldn't get tested. And, yeah, oh, yeah, like there's a couple yeah. of other characters who I'm I'm looking at, and I'm like, you know what? I think I'm just going to go Benny Cousins, and again, an elite footballer, but. Yeah, yeah, did some shit. So sorry, Ben. It's a bit reluctant, uh, but yeah. yeah, he's my final pick. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, that, there's no clear pick here. Um, Ryan Crowley. He was who I was gonna pick. I thought that's who you might, and that's who I might still. Do you no, want me to you know, uh, not list off my other honourable mentions? Yeah, go on. So I had Didac sitting here, very similar in the Heath Shaw mold. Uh, yep. Daisy Thomas, there can't be many blokes that deflected from Collingwood to Carlton, but, you know, that's probably the only bad thing he did. Uh, Ryan Griffin for leaving when he was the dog's captain to go join GWS. <laughs> yeah, what a scumbag move. Um, Dean Solomon was more of like a thug than a villain, yeah. like a physical cat. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Crowley. Campbell Brown got a bit of a mention, but. Not really. Uh, nah. And Steve Baker was the only other one I could think of. Yeah. Nah, man. He he had some crazy jewels. I forget who it was with. Like, they both got reported three times and Baker ended up getting like 10 weeks or something for like three like, separate incidents. Yeah, it wasn't. I feel like it was against like Brisbane's elite midfield for whatever. Anyway. Anyway. No, who knows? It could have been someone. Um, all right. I think I'm going to go. I'm going to throw it back. I'm going to throw it back. And it kind of. Pairs nicely with your Ben Cousins pick. Oh. I'm going to pick Tony Liberatore. Oh, that's a great pick. He yeah. he doesn't appear on any of these lists, you see. And Crowley was, you know, he's a bit of a prick, but he's actually kind of good at what he did. But I reckon uh, Tony Liberatore did some dirty, horrible stuff and would make people cry and, you know, do, do the things that you hate. In fact, I don't think I've ever had it happen because it's gone out of the game, but like stepping on your opponent's toes and like pinching them and just weird yeah. shit like that. Um, so Tony Liberatore, I remember when Ben Cousins was really young, he just went after him and never looked at him the same. And I don't look at Tom the same either because of that. So when, you, when you've carried through a generation and tainted your son's legacy, you I think that's uh, some real villain talk. So I'll take a uh, little chopper liberatore as in my <laughs> last pick. I definitely, you've got, I wish I got Toby Green. I think that could have turned the list if you'd let him slide, but mm. I reckon uh, well done on that one. Toby Green getting Barry Hall number one. That's a, that's a smoker. That's a I was, good list by you. I was thinking that I could get him three or four, but I'm like, no, no, no. Like when you yeah, think of. could have. When you think of who is the biggest thug and the villain, it's probably Baz. So, bloody oath. Yeah. yeah. I just well, stuck to be guns. Yeah. It's a fun one. That's a cool one. I'll, Another I'll good one. Yep. That. 
not quite the Kobe highlights, but uh, it was a that was a good list. Well done, mate. Yeah, I don't reckon it's too long before we reel out the all-time AFL highlights. We might have to do it grand final week or something, to be honest, because it'll be about, yeah. what are we, semi-final? Yeah, there we go. Next footy one, we might do best AFL highlights of all time. I, I reckon next next one will be rolling into the grand final, won't we? Yeah, we will. I reckon we could go greatest grand final moments. That'd oh, be yeah, a good that's one. also a pretty good one. Yeah, no. or, and we'll, well probably I mean, there's one oh, famous kick the... that's probably number one on both those lists. Maybe there's some fucking good grand final moments though. Yeah, true. So, um, oh, I can think of it. moments slash highlights. I can think of some smokers. So anyway, um, that'd be a good one. Also, maybe something around the brown though, because we'll just be coming off it. So, oh yeah. Worst brown, worst brown medalists would be. Good. I was going to say we've done, I think, best blokes to not win one. So yeah, we might have to go with the shittest blokes to win one. <laughs> yeah. Shout Wonder out where Adam Cooney. Cooney finishes on that. <laughs> hey, before we do that, we've got a podcast to edit. We've got a semi-final for the Dockers to win, but most importantly, we have got a Sharks grand final to take care of. So who knows if uh, we get up. This next one might be a solo one. You might be uh, still in Sydney next week, eh? Adelaide, yeah. I might actually oh, miss next week. We'll see. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Hey, just because we've done all of them on Wednesday doesn't mean we can't pivot as well. We're all about pivoting. Yeah, I love a good pivot. Bloody oath. All right. Thanks once again, JLo. Another Ripper podcast. Uh, I'll see you in a couple of days. All right. See you tomorrow.